time or you've been here a few times again, my name is Pastor Todd along with my wife Jan. We are the lead pastors here and we are just so blessed that you are here with us today. And secondly, I want to say, I want to give a shout out last week. Who here was here for football Sunday? You were here for those, oh, there's not a lot of, ah, there we go. It was an incredible time. We got to hear from players that actually played in the Super Bowl, uh, their testimonies, what God has done in their life. It was a very powerful thing. And here's what I want to kind of tie into that to encourage you when it comes to those events, but also just church uh, in general coming here. Uh, be This year, make it a point to become a bringer. Be a bringer. Bring somebody with you because we have a great opportunity for people to experience the love of God, for people to experience who they are in Jesus, and God will change your life. I believe that. And so I'm believing God this year wants each one of us to, to, to think about who could I bring with me. Now, now on to today, on to today, as you can see on the screen, you know, it is February. Um, it's traditionally known as, uh, you know, there's a, an event happening this Friday called Valentine's Day. And so we kind of think about love and loved ones and people that we love. And so God put in my heart, to do a series this month called How to Be a Better Lover. Um, my wife wasn't happy with my choice of titles. She thought it was a little bit cringeworthy. In fact, as I say this, I can see that some eyebrows have kind of gone up. Maybe for some of you, your palms are getting a little sweaty here. You're just kind of, you know, nervous. You're blushing a little bit. You're just kind of like, what is he going to be talking about? And I, and I, and I want you to know this. For those of you that are married, this it will improve your marriage, but it's not what you think we're going to be talking about. I'm sorry if I got you. This will not be an R-rated series. We did that a couple years ago. It was great. Talking about sex, all intimacy, those are all good things. But, but I do believe this, that what, what I'm going to share with you over the next few weeks will improve all of your relationships. Um, because it starts with this. This is where we are going to start today, is this that, that it's how to have a better relationship with God or a great relationship with God. Or how that we can make Jesus, who we, we many times say is important, just the most meaningful relationship that we have. Because here's my premise. This is where I'm coming from, the context of my message. I believe this is that there are people here that are frustrated or have been frustrated in their relationship with God, and God wants to bring you to a place of fulfillment, that he wants you to be able to grow closer to God, that you want to grow closer, but sometimes you feel like it's a struggle. Or maybe you're somebody that has a great relationship with God, but God, you're just hungry for more. You just want to go deeper. Well, this series is going to be for you. Well, I want to talk about somebody that's really important to me as I start off this message. And, uh, and it's, it was a new addition that we had come into our family a little over two years ago. And, and I have to kind of give you the, talk, the context of this, is that we added to the Swisher household a little over two years ago a brand new to us dog. She was a rescue. Her name is Taffy. And, and you're probably going to see her here in a moment. Um, but uh, I have to say this. I got to be honest that as I begin to share about her, that I didn't really at this, that point in my life want a pet or especially a dog. I was not excited about this 
idea. Because if you think about what Jan and I do, our schedule is pretty full. We, we're, we're going and we're meeting places. And I just felt like in my life it was just not fair to, to bring an animal into that situation. I think if you have a pet, you should spend time with the pet. Can I hear an amen? It's not just they sit in the backyard for months on end and you, oh, there's a, we, uh, that, that, we do have a dog, right? Yeah, that's our dog. But here's what it also came down to, is I didn't want to, I didn't really want a dog, but if I had to get a dog, I, I, I want you to hear this, I wanted a real dog. Okay, a real dog. You know, like a, 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 um, like a, a black lab or a, a golden retriever, you know, a dog that you can throw a ball, go hunting, do, you know, man stuff with, you know, a German shepherd, a border collie. I, I, I wanted a, if I was going to do this, I wanted a real dog. However, when we began to have this conversation as a family, my wife had actually for a few years had kind of been like, you know, wouldn't it be cute if we had like a little chihuahua, a little small dog. I'm like, but that's not a real dog, honey. That's just, it's like a stuffed animal. It's like a toy. And, 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 I, and, and for me, it was like this, just the thought of a little thing that, that was nervous and yappy and it barked at the wind. I was just like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not going there. In fact, I couldn't think of a worse idea. And I was dead set against it. We had talked about, well, here's what happened after many discussions and a few tears by my kids, and we came to a compromise and ended up getting a chihuahua. <laughs> now, now, I've had lots of pets in my life, but nothing quite like this little dog. In fact, in all of my attempts, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. In, in fact, in all of my attempts... To, to, to keep my feelings neutral, I have to admit that I'm smitten with her. And I think she's smitten with me. You see, when I, when I go to the store, she rides with me. When I, uh, you know, when I sit on the couch, she sits right next to me. You know, when, when I go to bed at night, uh, I, 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 she sleeps at my feet. She stays with me, right next to me. When I go work out in the yard, this dog waits at the door until I come in. She's been such a blessing. In fact, I am crazy about this little <laughs> munchkin. In fact, when I go away for uh, events or uh, I'm away from home or we go on vacation, I will call whoever she's staying with to make sure, is, is she doing all right? Is everything going okay? Is she eating her food? Is she happy? Can you, can you put her on the phone so I can talk to her? <laughs> and they're like, do you want to talk to your kids? No, not really. I just want to talk to the dog. So this is my beautiful little friend. You see, the reality is, is she has become the world to me. She's become the object of my affection. And if I say this, if you think that I'm crazy and that I've gone completely mad and I'm nuts, that I'm a little bit cray-cray, I'm okay with that. I've accepted that that's where things are at. Today, as we talk about how to be a better lover, we're going to talk about what is the object of your affection? What is, what is your 
Or, or who or what has your heart? You see, here's what I know. Whatever has your heart will be or become the object of your affection. It will consume your time, your energy, your money. It will either bring you great joy if it's the right things or if you get focused on things that you maybe shouldn't be putting your focus and your attention upon, it will cause you great pain and disappointment. Paul, the great writer and apostle in the New Testament, penned these verses or this verse to the church in Colossae. And it says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 in the King James Version. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. When I was a kid, I had a dream. I had a, something that, that was really important to me, more important even than this little dog that I just showed you. And I dreamed as a kid that, that one day, by God's grace, I was going to be a professional basketball player. I would sit in my classes, and I would, I would, the teacher would be talking, and I'd be, I don't know if you were ever like this, I'd be daydreaming, looking out the window, looking at the basketball court, the playground, waiting for the recess or the lunch bell so I could go shoot baskets. And when I was on my free time, it didn't matter whether I had people to play basketball with or not, I would go to courts and spend two, three hours playing, make, playing pretend games where I was my favorite team, working on shots, hitting game-winning shot after game-winning shot. It was amazing. Every time I played, my team always won. <laughs> we were undefeated. I was so consumed with basketball that I could tell you the stats in, in most of the 80s of what every player's stats were, who they played. And when it came to my favorite team, the, the, the challenge was that my emotions and my feelings would be dictated by whether they won or they lost. If my team won, it was a great day. The world was amazing. But if they lost, I could be so discouraged and depressed. And maybe some of you have experienced that. I would say that's probably not healthy. See, basketball was the object of my affection. And, and, and there was good things that happened in my life. I played three years of college basketball. I, I experienced a lot of great things in my life, but it wasn't probably the best thing. You see, if we put our hope or our affection in the wrong things, it will take control of our lives and it will consume us. So Paul says, here's what the answer for this is. He says, set your affection not on earthly or temporal things, but on those things which are above or from above. I want to break down that verse a little. It's a small verse. It's really one sentence and, or two thoughts. And he says to set your affection. The word to set in the Greek means when you break it down, the first part of the, the definition, I'm going to give you two sides of this. It says to exercise or Focus the mind. Who here realizes that when it comes to life, it's very easy to be distracted with things? We have so many things vying for our attention. We have so many things that we are trying to carry on. And, and, and it's really easy for us to become distracted. And so what Paul says here, he says, don't be distracted by all of the other stuff that's going on around you. Don't just let anything or everything Eat away at your time and your energy and your emotions. But he says, set your thoughts, set 
your thoughts on something higher, bigger, and more stable than yourself. And he's really referring to Jesus. Put your focus on Jesus. He's stable. He's true. But then he, the word also means to interest oneself in or become obedient to, to set the will or to be of the same mind as. And, 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 and what he's saying, if I'm going to make myself hold on to thoughts and thinking of Jesus, I, I, I need to be in the same direction or, or be focused on what Jesus is focused on. Now, how many hunters do I have here today? You're a hunter you understand what I'm talking about. When you go hunting, you got to set your sights, your scope. you gotta, you got to lock that in on, on whatever it is you're going to target. Now, for some of you who are like, Pastor Todd, that's dark. I don't, we don't do that. You know, we're city folk here. We're Canadians. We don't do that. Okay, how about who here is into photography? Let's go another direction. You take pictures. That's 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 you, you, when you 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 want to take a picture. What do you have to do? You have to set what the the focus on what it is that you want to have the picture of. Because there's a lot of things that can blur your focus. So you you lock that in, and you want to set it. You want to you want to lock that in. And, and so when we have this picture here, the idea is is that if I'm going to go from from a place where I'm frustrated in my journey with God to a place of fulfillment, the key is then to what focus on the right things so that it's set and when i think about to set it's like a broken bone when they put it in a cast they set it they make it what is unstable they make it stable and when we take from here that the things that can be unstable are those things that are of the world so he says what set your affection what was interesting is I looked at the word set in the Greek and I look at the word affection in the Greek. They were the same Greek word. So this is like a compound word that it's to set your mind, your heart, your, your thoughts, to set them on either you can put them on earthly things or on, on things from above. Now when I looked at the word things, you'll, you'll, this will be profound to you. The word things actually means things. That it can be anything. Uh, it's more like this. How, how many people do I have here? You're, you're, you like vegetarian stuff. You eat tofu. I try not to. You see, tofu, it's, it's not, they, I, I, I'm really disturbed right now. This is almost meat. It is not meat. Don't even try to tell me that that meatball that's made out of chickpeas and vegetables Tofu, that's not real meat. I'm sorry. If you're going to eat meat, eat meat. But I'm sorry, I probably offended some people here. But what this is like, it's the word things, actually, if you, if you understand how tofu works, it takes on the flavor of whatever is around it. It's why it's a good filler. It's a protein. It, it can take on the flavor and the, the, the seasoning on whatever it is that is, that, it, that is around it. And so Paul says, well, what flavor do we want to take? He says, I, I, I'm, I'm speaking to you. Set your affection or your mind on things that are above, not on those things that are in the world. So why the word above? What, well, what is he talking about? Well, what he's saying is that when you focus on God and godly things, that you're focusing on a higher perspective, a higher way of thinking, a better way of thinking. But, but when we think about the higher places, 
They're not always the easy places to get to. You know, if you're into hiking, we, have, we live in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. I love to go out into the mountains. But I also know this, that if I want the best view, it takes a little bit of work, doesn't it? You've got to hike up the mountain. If you want to come to see things from a different perspective, you've got to go up the mountain. You've got to go up to those higher places. It's not easy. It requires sacrifice. And it's not always easy to change the way that we see things to get the mind of God. But I love what he says here in Isaiah 55, 89. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. You see, God's desire for us is to bring us into his way of thinking, but also to center our thinking around him, making him what? The object of our affection. You see, the key to being a better lover is learning how to focus more on God, focusing on more on who he is, what he thinks about, what's important to him, what he loves, what he likes. You see, if, we, if God... It has our desire or our affection, God will have our hearts. And if God has our heart, he will impact how we live. In the Bible, King David was a great example of somebody who God was the object of his affection. You see, most know him as one of the greatest kings of Israel. In fact, the the books of 1st and 2nd Samuel are dedicated a lot about his life, what he did. And most of the Psalms were actually written by David. And what made David great was not his incredible accomplishments. And he had some really incredible things that he did in his life. Think about this. When he was a, a shepherd boy, he killed a lion. He killed a bear. How many of you have, have done that? Now, he didn't have a rifle. I mean, he had to use some crude weapons. He also killed the Philistine giant Goliath. I mean, that right there would put him in the, the, the hall of fame. We could just park there. There's so much there. But he was also a great musician and writer who penned much of the Psalms. He was a musician. People always have him playing his harp, singing songs. I don't know what instrument he played. We don't know that. But we know that he made, he, he, he was a music maker. I guess when you're a shepherd, you got what do cowboys do? The guitar by the campfire? I mean, that's, that's, I guess, where he got it. But he's also a successful warrior who conquered much territory. He was an incredible leader and king, but what separated him from so many other people that we read about was the heart that he had for God. He was passionate about God. God was his complete focus. He pursued him continuously. God was the object of his affection. Listen to David's declaration that he writes in Psalms chapter 84, verse 2. It says this, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the Lord's courts. My, with my whole being, body, and soul, I shout joyfully to the living God. You can hear the passion comes out from out, come out from him. Why? Because it's his heart. Listen to his heart. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of heart. I want a heart that is, just pursues God in every circumstance and area of my life. I want to have a heart that constantly trusts God, believes God, is focused on pleasing God, that desires to make God the center of everything that I do. But the reality of it is, even as a pastor of a church, that I'm not always there. I'm not always there. 
I don't always get it right. I don't always stay focused on the things that I do. I don't always live in that place of fulfillment. Sometimes I walk in those places of frustration, just like you do. So how do we become better lovers? It starts with the heart after God. The desire to please him through our lives. You see, when someone is the object of our affection, we find those little things or gestures that bring not only us joy, but bring them joy and happiness. We become immersed in each other's lives. And here's the reality. When it comes to our lives, each one of us has a way that we feel love from God and other people. We have a way that we experience and, and communicate love to others. And here's the reality that you need to understand. The person that's sitting right next to you, their love language is probably a bit different. It's not always the same. Gary Chapman describes in his book, The Five Love Languages, that how we give and receive love is called our language. It's our own language. And that there are basically five love language that people experience a deeper sense of love. Well, what are they? Well, I'm going to list them to you. The first one is this, that some of us, what fills our tank, what makes us feel fulfilled, are what we would call acts of service. It's the honeydew list, all the boxes getting checked off of it. It's the, 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 the room being cleaned. I mean, I, I, I know, see, if you, that's not your love language, and I'll tell you how you know it's not your love language, and it might be the love language of your spouse, is that you can go to bed with the dishes full and the sink dirty, but they can't. Because they, they just, just, it just doesn't feel good. You see, a lot of times we, we might associate this more to uh, the, the ladies that are in the house. That this tends to be sometimes something that is maybe more where, where they go. But there are guys that you, you like stuff in order. You like it organized. You like stuff done. But words are, are, are acts of service. The second one would be words of affirmation. That, that, that you get filled up because people acknowledge who you are. The great things that you do. They lift you up. They, they give you words of encouragement. When somebody speaks a word of encouragement, it's like your whole spirit just gets lifted up. Oh, it's just, it, it, it's everything. Those cards, those notes, those, those, those little gestures, those little thoughts, those are things that are just like, they, they just feed your spirit and your soul. Maybe that's your love language. How about Gifts. Receiving gifts. For those of you that are in that category, it's, you're in a sad place right now. Christmas was over a month ago. There's 11 more months before. But, but for people that love gifts, it's not how big or great the gift is. It's just the thought that goes into the gift. It's those little things that are left behind the the trip to the store where there's just a, one flower that's bought or there's things that are, but, but that's what fills you up. You, you love gifts. You love those little acts of kindness where somebody thinks about you. For others, it's physical touch. Somebody holding your hand, walking with you, giving you a hug when you need it, spending time with you. Now, again, I told you this would not be an X-rated message today, 
So that's as far as we're going to go with that. We're going to leave it right there. But physical touch is how you feel loved. It's how you feel encouraged. And the last one is quality time. When somebody spends time with you, that they, they take time to listen to you. They take time to hear your heart. They, they take time to share their heart with you. That you just, where you just feel so full is when there's just quality time. You see, each one of us has one of these expressions that fills our love tank more quickly and more fully than the other expressions of love. Not that we don't appreciate the other languages, not that we don't get blessed by those other languages, but, because they, but they just don't hold the same value to us. And for those of you that are building new relationships or starting a relationship, I, I would learn how to find what is the love language of the person that you're trying to communicate. Figure that out as quickly as you can. It'll be a blessing for them and a blessing for you as well. Um, but here's the question, and this is where I want to go with this, is then what is God's love language? If we want to become better lovers, if we want to have a deeper relationship with God, how do we show God that we love him more deeply? What is his love language? How do we communicate in a way that blesses him the most, most. and here's, here's what I, what I, what I kind of came to as I was preparing this message, that, that when God created man and woman and when he created us, that every part of who we are comes from him, that he encapsulates everything that is good about us as human beings, that his nature is in us. And so if we receive love through acts of service, through words of affirmation, through gifts, if we receive love through, through physical touch and quality time, wouldn't that be how God receives love as well? Does that make sense to you? Wouldn't that be what he does? And so I, I, as I went through this, I was like, well, then let's talk about, well, how do we show God our love through, first of all, acts of service? You can write that down. Now, I'm going to step on some toes right away here today. And I want to ask you this. What does God love almost more than anything else? Okay, I heard obedience. What else? What's that? Praise, yeah. Faith. But who does he love more than anybody else? People. In fact, if I could take this another step, he loves his church. You see, he, 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 he loves those who love him. That's who he loves in, in, in just the, the greatest measure. And the reason I say that is that because God doesn't just, he doesn't love the building. He doesn't love our experience. He loves when we come together. He loves his people, his church. So when we serve the church, we lift up people in the church, we are investing in what he loves. You see, the mission of the church, what is it? The mission of the church is, first of all, to help reach those who don't know Jesus. God wants more people to come into his family. He wants more people to know him. But then he wants us to grow is that we become more like Jesus in our lives, that we help each other to grow and mature. That's what our mission is. And that's why I believe he loves it, that we show love and compassion to those who are in need. But it also starts through this, that God also wants us to be those people who live a life of worship to him so that we see that in everything that we do, we see it as an opportunity to honor God. That my life in my relationships 
and what I do and how I live my life, these are ways that I can honor God. Those are my acts of service to him. That when somebody offends me, I don't get offended. Why? Because I honor God. It's an honor to God to forgive and to release and to let go. That when I am living my life the right way, that I, that, I, that I think about him, that I talk about him, that I live my life for him, that I'm a man or a woman of integrity. And here's what I know. We're in the intact season. One of the ways that we can honor God through a life of worship is to actually be honest on our tax returns. Oh. Integrity. Character. A life of worship. You see, I enjoy making the people I love happy. It brings me great pleasure to bless others. And I believe this, that our desire and our joy should come from pleasing God. Secondly, words of affirmation. I love when people appreciate me for who I am. Hey, Pastor Todd, we... We, we, we're really blessed when you did this. I love that message that you preached last week. Even though it was hard, it was a blessing to me. You know, I, 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 I want you to know you're doing a great job in this. I, 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 that, that fills me up. Those are, that's one of the, I don't know if it's my top, but it's probably close to the top. We all feel great when people say nice stuff about us, don't we? Sure beats the other stuff. So God loves it when we talk about him, especially when we declare his greatness. We show our love to God by speaking about the wonderful things that he does in our lives. And I want to say this. Many times people ask me, like, Pastor Todd, how, how can you become more effective at reaching people? What, what, is, it, what is one of the great things? Should I take a, a course on evangelism? On evangelism, And I'm all for it. You can, you can learn how to, what your testimony is, what God's testimony is. Those are key foundational things. You can, you can begin to understand, you know, uh, how, how to share um, the Romans road to salvation. But here's what I think is the biggest key foundational thing that most people don't understand. It's really learning how to talk about how great God is in all parts of your life. That it becomes a natural way that you just talk about things. More people that God has allowed me to be a part of seeing their life change. It, it just comes from just having conversations. I mean, I had my hair cut two weeks ago, and the girl that was cutting my hair, we got talking and found out that she used to go to church when she was a little girl. She's now an adult. And by the end of it, she was like, I, I think I need to start going back to church. Well, I just was talking about how awesome God was. I'll tell you what else was cool. I had a stamp card that only had one stamp. She stamped all nine of the rest of them. <laughs> I shared Jesus with her and got a free haircut. What a great day, hey? I was getting a massage last week. Lisa's here. She's going to love this. I got a massage. And this lady, she's kind of new agey and stuff. But by the end of it, she was like, we started talking about missions and Hades and the Philippines and all that. And she goes, do I have to be a part of your parish to go on a missions trip? I said, oh, no, honey, you come on. Bring your daughter with you because by the time that mission's over, it'll be mission accomplished. You guys will be worshiping God in the house of God. <laughs> It's, a, it's, it's learning how to declare his goodness. He, the Bible says 
that he also loves our praise. In fact, it, got, it says in Psalms 22, verse 3, that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we declare his greatness with our whole hearts, God cannot help but come and move closer to us. Who here has experienced that there are times when you, you've come to church and you felt distant from God, but as you begin to, to worship him, all of a sudden you begin to feel he's just a little bit closer. He's a little bit closer. There, there are things that are just a little bit better. Why? Well, he can't help it. When you're saying good things about him, he's just like us. He's going to come and say, oh, I like that. Keep doing that. But we also affirm our love for God, words of affirmation, when we affirm his word and we validate it through our obedience. Somebody said that. When we apply the Bible to our everyday life, it brings joy to God's heart. You see, I believe this, that, that, that there's many times that we kind of wonder when it comes to other people in our life, like maybe it's our kids or our spouse. Have you ever wished that you just had a manual that would tell you how to, to, to deal with them? Like, how do you get your kid to go to bed at night? I mean, I wish that there were moments in my time where I was like, God, help me. I need help. Or what is my wife really thinking here? Where's that book? Oh, the volumes. The volumes. But here's the cool thing about God, that he's given us a manual that tells us how we can please him, how we can honor him, how we can live for him. We validate it through our word. How about gifts? Now, the obvious thought when it comes to giving gifts to God that I would probably because I'm a pastor, we do this stuff, that I was going to talk to you today about finances. It's a great idea, but it's not my focus today. Because here's what I felt like the Lord put on my heart as I was pre preparing for this. What about our gifts? Listen to this. We show honor to God by using the gifts that he's given us to their full capacity. That every single person sitting here today has a unique gift set that God has given you. It's called the grace of God on your life. It's your talent and your abilities. And the way that you honor the gift giver is by using the gift to the fullest. Because nobody likes to give a gift to somebody and then they don't like your gift, right? You been there? Oh, let's return that one. I'm not buying you any more gifts. I believe that God's blessed and we take what he's given us, and we use it, not only do we maximize it, but we use it to honor him. That we use our gifts that we have to, to bring life and light to the people around us. We use what we've been given to glorify God. Now, we, I talked about that God has given each one of us a gift of grace. I believe that grace also refers to the kindness that we can extend to other people. Being patient with one another in our imperfections. Is there anybody that's perfect here today? No, thank you. We'll talk later. <laughs> Forgiving one another for the mistakes that we've made. Helping each other grow in our gifts. You see, the gifts that God gives us, this is the key, were not meant for us just to keep them for ourselves. They were meant to be shared with others. We need to share what God has given to us for the, his glory Fourth, physical touch. Oh, wow. How do you touch God? You know, it's impossible in our current state to just go run up and say, God, I'm going to give you a hug. 
However, here's what I believe, what blesses God the Father. It blesses him when we allow him to touch our lives. When we sit, learn to sit in his presence. When we remove the barriers and protections over our hurts and our hearts. When we trust him with those off-limits areas of our lives. Because God is the ultimate giver. He experiences joy in pouring out his love and his grace into our lives. He wants to know us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to reveal ourselves to him. And here's the crazy part of it. Whether you tell God what's going on in your life or not, he already knows it. But he desires for us to come to him and say, I want to share some things with you. You see, it deals with our view of God. And I think some of us at times in our life, or maybe even right now, we can have the wrong views of who God is. Maybe for you, your, your struggle is, and I know this was a struggle for me for much of my life, that to me, God was the great punisher. Mm. I knew about the Bible. It had all these rules, these regulations, and before I was a Christian, I didn't want to be a Christian because I didn't want to have to obey all of these rules because, because for me, rules went, were, were just, they were restrictive. They were, they were barriers. And my, but my biggest fear was that when I didn't follow the rules, would God still love me? Because what I saw in my life and what I experienced in my life from my own earthly parents was that when I stepped out of line, it was a whack, whack. And some of you are sitting here today and you're afraid of opening your heart to God because you are afraid that you're just going to get another whack, whack. You're bad. You disappoint me. But that's not the God that I serve. That's not the God that I live for. The God that I live for is loving and he's kind and he's gracious and he's compassionate and he desires desires to heal us and help us. Maybe your, your view of God is that he's distant and detached, that he's just, he's there, you know that he's there, but he's just too busy. Your problems are just so small compared to what he's dealing with in his world. That if he really loved you, he wouldn't let you go through the difficult things that you're experiencing in your life or you have experienced in your life. That Maybe there is a God, but, but if he's there, he really just doesn't care. And so it's, why even bother? But when I read my Bible in Matthew chapter 6, there's a whole section about not worrying. And, it, and here's what it says about God when it comes to us. And maybe you think that your issues and your problems are so insignificant, but it says that he even knows how many hairs are on your head. I can't think of anything a bigger waste of time if it was me. And plus, if it's me, I've got fewer hairs than I had before. And, but the Bible says that God knows about every single hair. That what it means is he, know, he cares about every detail of your life. It's important to him. It's valuable to him. But here's who he is. He's the, the gentleman who's patiently waiting for you and I to open ourselves to him. You see, one of the ways that we know that we're growing deeper in a relationship is when people begin to share the real things that are going on in their life. What's going on with you? And the more that we get comfortable, the more we begin to talk about the things that 
hurt us and harm us. You see, vulnerability is a sign of love because it's based on trust. To become a better lover means becoming more vulnerable in his presence. It's allowing God to embrace us, even in our imperfection. It's saying, here I am. Here is all of me. In this moment, I give my life to you again. I surrender myself to you and to your will. The fifth love language is quality time. Intimacy comes from spending time with the one we love. The gift of being present cannot be replaced by money, success, pleasure, or any other means. I've heard it shared many times, but it bears repeating, the greatest gift you can give another being is your time. You see, I, I, I shared this before, and I'll probably share it again. That, that, you see, whether you're rich or you're poor, it doesn't matter. We all have the same amount of time that we get. Nobody gets more or less. But what we do with that time, how we use that time, what we, when we, we give other people our time and we're fully invested in them and we, we, we're, we're present and we listen to them, it's one of the greatest gifts that we can give. And for God, there's no greater gift that we can give to him than our time. It's why I'm, such, I'm so passionate about, for us as followers of Jesus, that one of the greatest disciplines that we can develop is the discipline of prayer. Because prayer is the place where we connect with God. You see, my desire for each one of you that is here today, even those that aren't here, is that you will discover this year the greater, deeper joys of prayer, that there are things that God wants to reveal to you. There are things that he wants to show you, but it only will come through spending time with him. And quality time, I want you to understand this, comes from quantity time. It's spending more time with the one who you love. Psalms 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If Margot can come up here, I'm going to begin to close. Well, how do we do that? Pastor Todd, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I'm, I'm responding to you. I, I, I want to be a better lover. I want to make God the, the, the object of my, of my uh, affection. I want to focus more on him. I, I, I believe what you're saying. Th those are really good ways that we can do it. But, but sometimes I struggle with things. How can, how can I help? How can I get better at this? And I want to finish with these last two thoughts. But first of all, we've got to replace apathy with appreciation. That many times, the reason that we struggle to fail, find that fulfillment and we live in frustration is because we become familiar with those around us, including God. You see, most relationships do not die because of major issues. They can die from that, but most of them suffer from the slow drift of neglect. It's called death by a thousand paper cuts. One paper cut isn't going to hurt you. One day of not praying isn't going to kill you. One, one time, uh, day of not talking to your wife or your husband or, or those who you love, it isn't going to kill your relationship, but you begin to add day after day after day where we become familiar. We take for granted those people, those things, our relationship with God, and we just go on with our busy lives, and eventually, all of a sudden, we go, what happened? 
I don't feel connected anymore. I see marriages, I, I talk to them. I see marriages where, where people are like, we, we used to love each other, but we don't know. We just somehow we drifted apart. We grew apart. What happened? It was day after day of just not appreciating. You see, I believe this, that the way we change that is we, we learn to show that appreciation for the good things that are in the lives of those around us. Appreciation, listen to this, produces passion. You start with appreciation and eventually it will lead to passion. When we remind ourselves of the good things others have done for us, it will stir up goodwill in our own heart. We'll be reminded, hey, that's why I fell in love with you. Hey, that's what I like about you. That's why you're such a good friend. God, this is what you've done in my life. I'm appreciating who you are. Thank you so much for loving me, for helping me, for changing me. You, I, I need to make you more of that object of my affection. And so my desire, my heart is that this won't just be in moments. It won't just be in 21 days with Jesus. It won't be in three days of prayer. It won't be at a, a special gathering. But each day that I will learn how to. God, thank you. It'll be like that Jif peanut butter commercial. It's like eating peanut butter for the first time every Oh, God, you're amazing. Jan, you're amazing. Lindsay, Isaac, you're so amazing. Kathy, you're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing. Because you wouldn't have fallen in love in the first place if you didn't see that there were some amazing things. Where do we put our focus? Frustration to fulfillment requires a change of focus. Do I see the problems, the possibilities? Do I see the challenges? Or do I look to the champion? But in order to do that, I've got to resist obligation and, and look for opportunities. You see, it's easy to, to get caught sometimes in doing just the, the bare minimum. We don't put the effort into serving other people. We don't put the effort into serving God. And then all of a sudden, things just become duties. Who here likes it when people do things for you just out of obligation? I guess I have to. <laughs> I shared a few months ago, let me give you the back. Okay, how's that? The heartless back rub. It's worse than not having the back rub. It's terrible. The dollar store card on the way home from work without even any personal words. You just sign your name in the brown. There's no thought. When we do things without our heart, they create emptiness. So how do we combat that? By putting our heart into everything that we do. 
I'm telling you, whatever you're doing, I don't care whether it's your relationships, your work, your, 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 your activities. I believe that if we're going to do something, we should put our whole selves into it. We should look for ways to, to be the best that we can be. We should look for ways to, to please the, the people that we love. We should look for ways to honor God wherever we're at, that whatever we do, that all of a sudden, God. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. It's my honor, God. It's my honor to serve you. It's my honor to love my wife. It's my honor to serve my kids. It's an honor. I say this. It's an honor to be your pastor, to serve this church. It's an honor. Psalms 40 verse 8 says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart, your heart, the heart. I delight in him. Do you delight in him today? Let's just begin to honor God. Let's just begin to worship God. Let's just begin to thank God for who he is. Even right in this moment, let's begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Let's begin to thank him for what he's done. Let's begin to say, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for making me more like you. Oh, God, we lift you up today. Lord, we, we're, we're, we're saying today we want you to be the object of our affection. Oh, Lord, we want you to come and move in our lives. We want you to come and move in this church, God. We don't want you to pass us by, Father God. Oh, Lord, would you show us your way, God. We're hungry for you, God. We want more of you.